Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back. We're back. We even got the clap right on time. It's the dead cast. I'm Drew. That's Rob. How do you feel, Rob, to be back? Feel good. Look great. It's just all. It's all coming together for me, man. Oh, you sound fresh as a daisy. Yeah. Did you get color? Did you get some color while you were on vacation? I did. Some of me turned a weird shade of pink, and uh, some of me got covered in freckles. So, yeah, those are colors, I guess. Solid. I'm not an outdoor... I mean, like, I like being outside. I just... My, my body uh, does not respond well. I saw you... I watched you play broomball in, like, Cole Haan shoes. I know you're not... <laughs> I, I'm at the age now where I if I... If I get even like a trace of melanin in my skin, my wife looks at me like, you need to go to a dermatologist. You're going to die. <laughs> like it used to be like, it used to be like, oh, you got color. You look so healthy. And now it's like, oh, you got color. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, but that's some of that also may be a, a wife thing. Because like I remember my, at, when we were at the Jersey Shore, my wife was extremely scandalized by all the like deeply brown middle-aged men that were there like all these guys that like not only would they not wear sunblock like they have like some complicated alex jones ass opinion on sunblock and like so it's like a political statement that they would never wear it but they just looked like deep fried well they like the italian dads with like sort of the hot pants yeah like the the insane beer gut like the, yep. the, the beer gut that looks like a fucking yoga ball it's like, like grafted they're all under- shiny they look like they swallowed a physio ball it's really remarkable just just about to give birth to a fucking yoke like a hippity hop. <laughs> I respect that a lot though, because that's a that's a look. Like none of those guys are out there like being self-conscious or anything like that. Like they're just gonna roll up on the beach looking like, as my, my brother-in-law said, looking like samosas and just fucking owning their stretch of it. <laughs> I uh by the way, I have a Papa John story for you. While we were away, I took I took my kids to Harper's Ferry in West Virginia and uh and we went to some train museum or whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. No one cares. And so we were on the way back and they were hungry. And so we needed to get something to eat. But I didn't want to get them like chicken nuggets and fries because they had already eaten that like at every meal for like a fucking week. <laughs> so, so we go, we pull into a shopping center. And the only thing there, I swear to God, is a Papa John's. And, yes. um, and they're like, Papa John's! And I'm like, shit. <laughs> and I'm like, fine, we'll get the racist pizza. And, and we go in and we order the pizza. And there's nowhere to sit because it's a Papa John's. It's like Domino's. It's right. like they want you to leave. Yeah, yeah. They're not like you don't want to stay here. This, <laughs> like, this place this is a Papa John's. Dude. Get the yeah. I'd leave if I could. You have to go. So they get the they get the pizza, and it takes like 15 minutes for them to make a pizza. Which I worked at Little Caesars once. It takes three minutes to run pizza through like the the car wash oven. Well, but what if you were using better ingredients to make better <laughs> pizza? Right. So so then so. Whatever they run it through the fucking car wash oven, they give it to us with the pepperoncini and all that sad shit, and we're eating it <laughs> in the car. And they also somehow they were giving out free car magnets, and my son 
grabbed a magnet without me knowing it and slapped it on the back of our minivan. Fuck. And I, <laughs> and I drove 50 miles home with a fucking Papa John sticker on the back of my van. And, and I was, and, and I saw it and I was like, I was like, what is this? Get this out. And my son was like, why can't we have it on? I was like, oh, no, no. Brutally owned. It's, it's not even close. That's a tough one. It's also bad too. Cause then now you have to have like the conversation with your kids who are probably not ready to hear it, but you have to be like, sometimes when a CEO drinks too much and is on a conference call with a public relations firm, you know, and like you have to like lay the whole shit out for them. I know. I, I simplified. I was like, the owner was racist, and it's not good. But we, but we enjoyed the pizza. Yeah. Was it okay? The pizza? No. It's it's the same as Domino's. It's just, it's like a big bread, a big round breadstick that they dumped like a bunch of sugar tomato sauce. Why is it all so spongy? That's the shit I don't get. The sweet stuff I get because like everything has to have corn syrup in it now because Americans are turning back into children. But the idea that, like, the crust that people want that, like, pillowy, upholstery vibe to it, like, I just don't, I don't know that there's really, like, a market for that. Like, if you made it a little bit thinner, you would maybe save money because you wouldn't be using as much fucking dough, and then it also wouldn't suck. That's my I tip. I, I just think it's, it's all, like we said before, it's all designed for travel. Like, yeah. it's like, you're drunk, and you, you haven't, you want something, you want a pizza like substance mm -hmm. that isn't really pizza that's but you and there's nowhere else to fucking go that's <laughs> that's what you get i really yeah. i i am so thrilled at papa john's dedication to stay at the stay in the news every week by doing something just breathtakingly stupid yeah it's incredible everything that got him to the top and that then subsequently uh caused him to embarrass himself like the fact that the guy's just basically gotten his dick stuck in a different hot dog roller every day for a month like he it's that stick to that made him great that is now making him one of our i think most essential public figures yeah i love it i really i cannot get enough papa john's content like when he sits down like with the board and he's like we need to get back to our roots which is me in an ad <laughs> lo looking like a day trader stuffed full of cocaine <laughs> That's that's the part that you pointed out on Twitter where he's like, he wants to be the face of the brand again. And you just tweeted a picture of him and said, I'm feeling hungry already. And really, like, the idea that he believes that his face, his, like, just big, ovoid, taupe face is the thing that makes people want pizza is, I think he's sincere in that belief, and I find it incredibly touching. He wants, he makes, like, his face does not make me want pizza, it makes me want to get onto a bus to Atlantic City with a bunch of drunken bankers. Yeah. <laughs> like an expense account. Like, there's nothing appealing about him, and yet it's amazing where he's like, he's like, you know, and this happens, by the way, this happens with, like, Bob's Discount Furniture and any guy who owns a business and yeah. puts himself in the fucking ads, where it's like, I'm in the ads. People saw me on the street. They loved me. I know. It's like, the they're like, uh, the thing I always come back to with that is Maury from Goodfellas, the, the wig salesman. Right. It's like it They're stays on even in the pool, you know, and it's like, no, I mean, you just look like an asshole, buddy. Like you are on Channel 11. So like obviously props on that. But yeah, like Papa jo Bob from Bob's Discount Furniture is a, a special pet peeve of mine, which I know is not something you could have known. I, I don't appreciate those ads very much. They run constantly during Mets games. So I see them all the time. I don't like that he wears his little cell phone holster in the ads. I find it to be disrespectful of me as a viewer that like you gotta if you're gonna do it 
like try a little bit harder. Like if you're gonna wear dad jeans, you're gonna wear dad jeans. I'm gonna tell Bob to like get a, a makeover and show up looking like you know whatever Javier Bardem. But I do Come feel on down. Uh, <laughs> but I don't I don't appreciate the 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 holster. I think you got to just take that off, leave it there. You're not taking a call while you're being filmed, so you don't need the phone. You know. That's always the ugliest to ask for. It's like, my reclining sofa has eight, <laughs> I like, eight cup holders and a fold-out poker table. Yeah. Come on down. I love the, also like all the doodads he's added to it are just like fucking stupid. He's like, it's got a USB port. I don't know what for. It doesn't attach to anything. He's <laughs> like, every every piece of furniture they show is the Homer of furniture. It is. It's the Homer car, for sure. It is, like, because it's got, why does the couch have a drawbridge? He doesn't know the answer to that question. You know? It's just... Like, there's a bed with a fucking beach umbrella in the center. <laughs> it's only $9.99. Come on down. My competitors don't even sell a couch that can fly short distances very unsafely. <laughs> they don't. They don't have them in the ads here. They have... They have a claymation hymn. Yeah. So, we get so, clay bob sometimes too. And it's 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 so eerie because I know that he he's already strategizing for his death so that he can <laughs> he can he can live in claymation forever and just sell you sell you an ottoman that's also like a foreman grill. Yes. I think it's that is a really poignant way of thinking about it. But also, I, honestly, I, I can't say, and I, I don't want to be too sincere here because we are still talking about Bob of Bob's Discount Furniture. I'm so fucking happy to be talking about this because it's been an issue for me for a long time. I, it's hard to know who's a safe person to talk to about Bob of Bob's Discount Furniture. So I feel seen right now in a way that I usually don't. I Thank you so much, man. He just, he looks like every oily radio station executive and he's just, he's trying to sell you shit. Yeah. And I, and he used to be, my parent my parents have lived in Connecticut for like 20 years and the ads would be up there and they would look like local ads. I was like, this guy's an asshole. And I moved down here and I thought I was done with Bob, but somehow it's like national now. Yeah, like, he leveled up. It worked. I I can't believe that shit worked. Where people are like, "Yeah, ninety nine dollars for 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 a card for a card table that's also a boat." Yeah, that, this is the really? best price on a hovercraft love seat I've ever seen. <laughs> you can put champagne right in the <laughs> armrest. Come on down. I mean, in some ways, when you put it that way, like it really does seem like the sort of thing that should have gone national. Like that shouldn't have worked in Connecticut, but if it did work in Connecticut, then it would really fucking work in like Hoffman Estates, Illinois. That's true. It's, but it's true. But I just it's ama- it's amazing that that flourishes like IKEA is right there. Right. You know? It's I mean, it's really it's IKEA if you don't want to put the shit together. I think really. that yeah. And I think there's also like a weird like maybe not in the dad communities that you and I move in, but there is like a a dad community thing where it's like the more overstuffed your furniture is. It's like a a power move. You know, that like someone comes in and you just got this huge tufted couch and it's not like some ornate like trumpy thing where it's got like fucking epaulets and gold leaf on it i just mean like it's just got a lot of upholstering in it yeah it has to be it has to be poofy it has to look like a, a every like it looks like a thousand beanbag chairs right. fused yes. into one yeah thing. like if you just cover them with rubber bands until they took the shape of a couch but yeah. it is that texture and that general approach i i uh i i've gone to like a lazy boy 
I remember I had a I had a doctor prescribe me. It wasn't a formal prescription, but he was like, "You need a recliner because you're back. That's <laughs> the best way to sit." So I was like, I said to my wife, "My wife, I was like, we have to get a recliner for me. Doctor's orders. <laughs> doctor's like, oh, orders. Yeah. So we go to the Lazy Boy Outlet, and it's true. And, and there's something that deeply appeals to the suburban dad in me to see uh, a single recliner that's like 50 feet wide. And can hold like an entire six pack in like one, and has like and has like a mini fridge yeah. like in the side that you can. I'm like, wow, that looks pretty sharp. Yeah, it's weird too because there's nothing in me that finds like sport utility vehicles to be appealing. Like, there's no. I mean, I don't. I live in a city. I don't need a car in the first place. But they right. seem like a bit much. You know, like every time I see an Escalade, I'm like, oh come on, dude. And yet, like oh. the my dad has like the Escalade of recliners, <laughs> and like I don't want it necessarily, but like I take every opportunity to sit in that shit because it's amazing. It's like you're you're piloting a 747 of comfort. It's so it's really wide. It's really dumb. It looks like shit, and yet like it's extremely comfortable. Yeah, I, and like from age like five to thirty five, if you walk by like a Brookstone, what's the first thing you do? You sit in the fucking yeah. mas- massage recliner. Wow, it's yeah. kneading my loins. Wow, it's, like you get so excited. That's amazing too, because that's all. That was also obviously I did this a lot too. It is exactly the right thing to do. Those chairs never did anything but make me feel kind of nauseous. Right, like they're yeah. just not a very good product. But you know, gotta I do mean, it. the whole reason though that they had those things was that like you could buy it and then like you could bring it home, and if you were alone, you sat naked and masturbated in it. Like that was, <laughs> it was really the only thing those things existed for. We should talk sports. We'll come back and we will talk sports. Hang on a second. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back. Hey, uh, your team sucks, Roth. Your yeah, team sucks. No, it's true. You already explained how my team sucks. And by the time people listen to this, you will have explained how half, at least, of the NFL teams suck. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're nut deep into the previews. Uh, we've done seven so far. I thought I would, in a nod to the readers, because honestly, no one gives a shit about my assessment of the team. My assessments are always the same. It's like, your quarterback is stupid, and your coach is a loser, <laughs> and your offensive line is bad. Like, it's always that. Yep. And the and the city is a dump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which L.A. Is all... What a dump! Ugh, get out of here. <laughs> no wants... good food in that town. Boo. So, so yeah. So everyone just wants to go right to the reader thing. So I hand selected uh, from the previews that we've done so far a letter from from each uh, from each fan, and I thought I would read them to you for posterity. They are always so amazing to me, not just because they're. Uh, you know, the suffering is so acute, but people really open up to you on these too, where it's like, it starts out being like, I've always hated the Bengals and I've always watched them. And then it ends with being like, and I guess maybe I'll never get along with my grandfather, but it's <laughs> like really always kind of cool to me. But yeah, let's, let's rock. Let's do it. Uh, this one is from Drew, not me. He, uh, he is a Browns fan. He says, I have a Browns t- tattoo and a straight edge tattoo. If I had a gun to my head, I would get the Browns tattoo removed first. I did not know 
before Drew wrote in what a straight edge tattoo was. I had to look it up. And it's like a it's like a hardcore punk cult yeah. where you don't drink and do drugs and you're like a vegan and stuff, which sounds awful to me. I have, although I will say this, I have a couple of friends that are straight edge that were straight edge in college and some of them have maintained their edge into adulthood and then even into to fatherhood and professionalhood. And while I myself could not and would not do that, uh, they have a lot of extra money to spend on stuff. So they Ooh. always have like really fun hobbies. Like my friend Scott, who's coming here over the weekend, is a straight edge dude, has been for as long as I've known him. And he's always been able to like pick up, like he had, he collected a ton of records and then was able to like sell a bunch of records from his collection and just trade that for an engagement ring, basically. Like he sold enough money that he was able to buy that. He was really into desserts for a while. Like, all the shit that I can't afford because I, like, need to have four drinks every day. I like that he's into desserts. Like, I'm really feeling dessert. Like, but not, like, it wasn't like, it can't be like a Little Debbie Nutty Bar. Like, you're talking about, like, a like a gold leaf fucking hot fudge sundae or some shit. Right? He would come down to visit, and it was never, like like, crazy stupid stuff, but it would be like, I rode the train with this dude to go get ice cream. Like, I don't necessarily do that with my other friends, but, like, this is, you know, it's what he wants to do. He's my guest. And then also, like, he usually knows where the good ice cream's at. I went to, I went to see Mastodon, one of the other bands open, and they were very heavy. And I was like, what is this band? They're like, yeah, they're a vegan metal band. And I felt, I felt duped, like, like <laughs> I had been duped into listening to Christian rock. Like, it was that kind of like, ah. Uh, Oh God, it feels so dirty. Yeah, we like uh, open up to look at the the lyrics, and you're like, "Oh, they were saying Satan, not Satan." <laughs> right? That is like, disappointing. Uh, this one's from Charlie. He's a Giants fan. He says, "I got shit canned recently, and included in my email, and included in the email, my humorless prick of a boss wrote about why I should be fired was an anecdote about how I basically shouted, "Are you fucking kidding me?" in the middle of our large crowded floor." When I heard Eli was getting benched for Geno Smith, I stand by that reaction. This, this I, man was clearly an investment banker. Yes. Right? Yeah. I read that. I, well, obviously, of course, I read the Why Your Team Sucks on the Giants because the Giants are my team and because they suck. And I read that letter and was like, it, it felt like it could have been anybody that I grew up with and was friends with. The idea, but yes, that definitely happened in the middle of a trading floor. The idea that you could get disciplined for yelling a curse word in the middle of a trading floor is like, I... I thought that was not a thing. I thought that was pretty much. Yeah, encouraged. I thought that was that was de rigueur. I thought yeah. that was it was like a, it's like a kitchen where it's like, hey, pass the salt, you fucking douchebag. Yeah, like, right. Like the idea that you would not be yelling, and maybe they were just mad that he was yelling about like a football thing instead of yelling about like in a tech being down. Yeah, if you if you don't phrase everything in ball busting ease, then you're not like in the club. So you have to be like, hey, hey. Who's getting the fucking pizza? Uh, I like the idea how about that this it, fucking prick. That his boss was just like, you seemed sincerely upset about Geno Smith starting a game for your team, and we can't have that. Yeah, and I, I didn't. I, I, I find it, it must have been really egregious if if the boss could cite it in an email to him about why he's getting fired because because companies don't do that anymore. So yeah. either Charlie's either Charlie's lying. Or he was, he made such a, he made such an ass of himself. Like he must've taken his dick out. And <laughs> <laughs> like to the point where the boss felt legally secure enough to send, to send him yeah. an email saying, listen, we really can't have you near us at all. The, the law is clear on this. Like if, if you get nude every time Eli Manning gets benched, like you can't work at this firm. That's uh, it. I, one, I stand with Charlie though. Like full stop. I think he did the right thing. This one's from the, uh, this one's for the Colts. This is from Tyler. He says, forever fuck Hank Basket with every guitar in our cokehead owner's office. <laughs> Succinct and to the point. I, you know, with apologies to our, our own Dave McKenna, I feel like old guys who collect guitars 
Yeah. <laughs> Suspect. Yeah, like I've got I've got two fe- I've got eighty six fenders right in the garage. Perse uh, you know, like- is definitely the most suspect of any of those dudes too, just because he's got like he has he's he does every single one of those suspect old rich guy things at once. Where it's not just that he has the guitars, like he also writes poetry. He also has a goatee. Like he also like will sometimes like tweet a picture of himself looking all boiled and red, ready to go out to the club and be like, "Time to let the beast out." Like it's all <laughs> it's all wrong. Every single thing. <laughs> What's amazing is that he will, he can try as hard as he can, and yet he will never be as rock and roll as, like, Paul Allen. Right. <laughs> like, the least rock and roll man on earth, and yet, that's what Ursay strive for, and he can't even, he doesn't even have the subtlety to do that. Like, yeah. Paul Allen's, like, opening up rock, you know, rock hall of fans, he's like, hey, he's like, he's got Jimi Hendrix's guitar, but he's like, whatever, I'll just... I'm just going to go I hang out on my yacht. I don't. I have this guitar, but I don't even fucking need it. You know? Meanwhile, yeah. Ursa is like, this This drum kit was owned by Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah. You can hear. You can hear the business being taken care of. <laughs> yeah, that's like, and I mean, I guess that's whatever, his, uh, his life to live. But he does have that feeling of like a little kid dressed up for Halloween being like, I'm going as a rocker. And like the mom like does his hair for him and stuff. That's, I bet that guy owns an NFL team. Yeah, that's very sad. Mm. This is the Texans. This is Joe. Uh, he writes in, so many people sent J.J. Watt so much money after Hurricane Harvey that it'd be almost impossible for him to not commit half a dozen crimes trying to get rid of it. <laughs> this, was, <laughs> this was this was something, and by the way, I say this with the utmost respect, and I, and I, I this isn't even like a, this isn't even like one of those like, uh, I, I'm saying that I love the troops before I say that. It's like, he did a really wonderful thing. He raised yeah. all this money. He, he got, he did the groundwork. He, and he, he did the actual delivering of goods to hurricane victims and all that stuff. But it was like $36 million. And our own tip Marchman was like, oh yeah, he embezzled like half of that. I, I was mean, like, Marchman. I mean, I, that's a classic Marchman take too. Just like a yes, drive by cynicism out of nowhere. And then he's like, off to boil some chicken. See ya. And yep. just, like jogging on. I think we're in the middle, it seems like, of kind of of a J.J. Watt face turn, which I don't know how I feel about. Because, like, I was so, I'm so used to being annoyed by him when he, like, tweets his watch at, like, 4.05 in the morning. And he's like, time for, you know, rise and grind. Rise and, and grind. He's like, get the fuck out of here, man. But then he also, like, that is legitimately a good thing. He managed to, like, not be an asshole about the protests in a way that, like, seemingly wouldn't be that hard, and yet which a lot of NFL players can't pull off. So, you know, maybe... Maybe I should soften on the dude a little bit, at least until I find out how much of the $36 million he used to, like, whatever, buy an aircraft for himself. It was terrific, but I also, it was definitely, like, I guarantee you there was a moment in private where he got all that money, and then he was like, holy shit, I did not expect it. I I don't know how to handle this. Like, I would freak the fuck out, like, because you don't, that money is so, it means so much to people on either end of it. And I would just, I would have a nervous breakdown yeah. about making I'm, sure I distributed it properly and make sure that, like, I don't hire, like, a water company that turns out to be, like, a front for, like, a, a Trump-loving, like, yeah. like, organ harvesting concern. Yeah. No, because <laughs> yeah. that keeps happening with the uh, with actual companies that get contracts from the government. Like, I don't even, I don't understand as somebody that, like, is anxious about trying to do a good job at the different things I do. All these, com- like, the companies after Puerto Rico, where they gave the contract to rewire yeah rewire the entire fucking like island went to some like two buttheads in montana that know ryan zinke 
Yep. Yeah, it went to Crime Doers. Yeah. Like, literally, yeah. I, and so they got it. And then I can only imagine that feeling of being like, well, we did it. $500 million. Like, we should get a fax machine for our office because, like, just, like, why would you apply? Why would you do it? I understand why you want to do it because you want to steal money from taxpayers and not give power to Puerto Ricans. But, like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, it just yeah, those stressful. guys were those guys were intent on stealing. Yes. They had no, there was no altruistic. Thing. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Craig. This is for the Texans. They said, I wish the Texans secondary and offensive line had the same depth as Bill O'Brien's chin dimple. It looks like a fucking Mayan Sonoma. <laughs> there may or may not be a Thai boys soccer team in Travis. <laughs> that was, by the way, you, there were two Texans emails in here just because I, you know, I feel bad making fun of Ch- Bill O'Brien's chin cleft, but yet I don't. That's yeah, fine. that's fine. He's probably He's happy a big with boy. it. He can, he can handle it. Yeah. Oh, here's the, here's the Broncos. Byron says, I've been saying defense wins championships like my dad for the last two years since the Super Bowl. I've become the sports cliche I hate. Fuck me sideways. <laughs> it's tough, too. But the Broncos are, are hard because that's one of those ones where when we are going through this stuff as a team, like before you write it, where it's like, why are these teams annoying? And there's certain teams where like, I'm authentically annoyed by like the Giants because they make me sad and they're boring, you know? But like with the Broncos, it's just like, I don't have anything funny there. Like, I just think it's fucking lame that they wasted this fantastic defense for two years because they were like, what if we did it without a quarterback? Let's see if that works. Like, and so I don't, I don't have, there's no joke there. I just am, I think it's lame to do that. I just think it's weird that like Denver is this progressive town and growing weeds legal, blah, blah, blah. And yet, Every Broncos fan and everyone associated with the Broncos is like a deranged mega church asshole, like yeah, who who just just like the most virulent, awful fan you can think of, and that's the fan of the team. And somehow there's no like, there should be like half the stadium should be like South Park fans with like ironic placards, and they're not. Yeah, which it is weird. I think that seems like that's the thing that I was going to ask you about this, about how people respond to the the pieces that you write too, because it seems like the people that write in, like the readers obviously like get it and are able to sort of take it in stride. But I have to imagine that some of these fan bases, especially the ones where it's like Cardinals fans or like Bucks fans or something where they're like, they're kind of just like swirly eyed Q weirdos, like on the, on the face of it, like most of the people in the, in the stands are. That like those people have to get very mad about this shit, right? Uh, I mean, it's been around so long that that it's kinda it's kinda it's understood like, at this okay. point. Like it used to be, like it like there used to be like Raiders fans who are I'll fuck, I'll come to your house and fucking kill you. Or like <laughs> or yeah, like just like randomly, like every year, like there'd be like some random team like like the Arizona Cardinals, where like I would get 90 mentions where with the hashtag like bird gang, you know? And uh. And, like, other teams would have a hashtag bird gang, so it would get all mixed up with, like, some other Yeah, like, team. Eagles fans talking about, like, the punter position battle. They're like, <laughs> right. why, are you, why are you guys all yelling at Drew on this, like, hashtag? Yeah. Yeah. It, so, it, it, I don't know. It's, you know, at this point, it's just, it's just sort of there, and it's such a, you know, I, I, this area, but it's like a tradition, so, like, people just know what's up. That's good. Uh, That's heartening. This is from Sean for the, from the Jets. Uh mail back. He said, I would actually take Rex Ryan back. Do you believe Sean? Oh, I think that's, that's a lot easier said than done. Uh, I, I, we were talking about this the other day that like with Ryan, like, I mean, the teams that he had that were like weird and good, like the, like peak the Sanchez. Sanchez yeah. Like Bart Scott and all that. Like those teams were actually cool and they reflected Ryan's personality in like kind of a fun way. And like, I always thought the jets were kind of just like sad, you know, but 
that those teams like had some swagger and they were fun to watch. But like ever since then, Ryan has sucked. And his whole thing as a, a coach has been just like making teams that kind of like are similar to him and reflect his personality, but not in a way that prevents them from going five and 11. It's just like the way that they bring in like Richie Incognito because they're like, we're pro bullying now. Like we're going to be bullies. That's our, <laughs> right. that's the new, that's our disruption. And then they just like get their asses kicked because they keep getting like disorderly conduct charges and like they can't keep anybody healthy and they're constantly off sides and like whatever it's just i don't know if the giants said to you okay you can either have rex ryan as your coach or todd bowles who essentially is the jets pat Shermer now yeah they're now there's two sides of the same coin both in new york which one would you take i mean i think that if i were it depends on how like much of a nihilist I'm feeling like being at that moment. Like obviously if you're in the understanding that you're going to watch a team win five games or four games and lose 11 or 12 games, then like you, at that point you're choosing how you would like to be poisoned. Right. Right. So, like, yeah. Maybe it would be more fun to get it in the form of like a gigantic poisoned hoagie instead of like Todd Bowles, which is just like one orderly like coded pill. Yeah, Bowles would, is like probably worth two extra wins, but you're still going six and ten. Yeah. So, well, that know. was what was funny, and from the thing that you wrote about them too, that like I thought last year that they weren't going to win a single game. Like it looked like they weren't trying to win a game. They didn't have yeah. like all of their skill position talent was just like negligible, like dudes that wouldn't even play for other teams. Yeah, like Jerome Peak and the shit. Yeah, and they still fucking won five games just because it's like in part because the NFL is lame, but then also because like they just you know, this sheer, like, ornery Jetsness, like, keeps them in that band of suckitude where they can never quite get bad enough to actually get good. Last one's from the Bucks. This is from Marty. She said, not sure if you heard, but there was a serial killer on the loose in Tampa for about a month. He killed four people. And was finally caught by his manager at McDonald's when he handed her a bag with the murder weapon. That guy is still a smarter and better person than James Winston. <laughs> <laughs> Our own uh, Tim Burke is now the Daily Beast, but this that killer was going around. It was in his he, neighborhood. He, Right? It was in his neighborhood, and he was he was fucking freaking out, and and we were like we were like that's awful, Tim. I, we hope you're okay. You're not the killer, right? And he's like, no, <laughs> we're, we're like okay, phew, thank God. But I just I just I did enjoy. There's not enough shitting on Jameis Winston. I can never have enough of it. Like yeah. I will do, I will do a Twitter search for Jameis Winston just to see people ripping on him. Yeah, so he me. authentically sucks at every yep. level. And it's like, it's rare that you get one of these ones where you don't feel like a, at least a little bit bad, you know, where you're just sort of like, oh, well, maybe he didn't mean it or maybe, you know, it's tough, football's hard. But like Jameis Winston, it's like, you're always going to be right. It's fine. Right. Like, just, Yeah, it's a comfort in that. Yeah, like, I can shit totally on Jameis. I can shit on Big Ben. And I know, I know I'm in a fur. I know I'm in a solid, I'm on solid ground. Yeah, right. And it's like, even if you, you don't have to be like, it doesn't have to be like a technical thing where like, it actually is it's better that like Big Ben is good and Jameis is like mediocre plus. Like that just makes it easier to point out what a freaking idiot they are. Like the, I will not soon forgive you for embedding the, do you want to eat a W video in the Bucks thing? I had forgotten about it. I'd let myself forget about it. Jameis Winston's uh, pregame motivation thing where he makes a W with his fingers and then eats it. Like, we puts like it in licks his mouth. His finger. Oh, he's, he's, like, li he's like licking and chomping. And, and there's mouth sounds, the whole deal. I didn't think, yeah. he, I didn't think you could bomb a pregame motivational thing. 
Like, I thought it's, that that was, like, foolproof because everybody's all keyed up. Like, Ray yeah. Lewis would just go out there and make, like, dolphin sounds, and everybody would be like, fuck yeah, man, I'm ready to run through a wall. And Jameis just, like, he does this weird thing with his hands, and everybody's just standing around, like, whenever you're done, man, like, we got to play the game. Yeah, just utter, just utter bafflement. Ugh. It's it's really gross. It is. Like, it's just, it's just, people are more grossed out than that than seeing JPP's exploded hands. Uh, Again, I disagree with that statement as well, <laughs> but uh, but there's a case to be made. Uh, let's take a break and we'll come right back. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I'm Melissa Kirsch, Editor-in-Chief of Lifehacker. And I'm Alice Bradley, Lifehacker's Deputy Editor. And we're the hosts of Lifehacker's podcast, The Upgrade. On The Upgrade, we help you improve your life one week at a time. We talk to guests like former hacker Hector Monsegur about online security. You need to be aware of how you can be attacked. You need to be aware of what's your weakness. And Alan Alda on how to communicate more effectively. And in order to achieve that, we start with teaching exercises derived from improvisation. And sex therapist Steven Snyder about how to have great sex in a long-term relationship. What really works under those circumstances is if you enjoy the other person selfishly. Hey, your life, it's terrible. We can help. <laughs> Find The Upgrade wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're back. Uh, before we get into the fun bag, we got to talk about two other things. One is Urban Meyer, who, as of now, is still under indefinite suspension from Ohio State. And I thought when he was initially um, sort of put on leave, I was like, well, that's going to be a precursor to dismissal. And I thought they were going to sort of, I thought they, I, like lawyers would get involved in sort of bang agreements. And I thought there was a non-zero, I basically thought there was a non-zero chance that he would he would be dismissed. Yeah, even it'd be like even the Art knowing, Bryles thing. Even knowing how how good of a coach he is and how much these these schools treasure winning, I still thought, you know, knowing that Patino got shit canned, I, I you know, I I assumed I thought I thought that there might be a chance, you know. Yeah. And what has happened since then is that Urban just turned around and was like, "No, that shit I said, I I I was confused. I was uh, I was high on caffeine yeah. during the press conference, and uh, and then there was a rally." in Columbus for oh, him. Yeah, that like was good. Eight. I mean, to be fair, that was like 60 of the shittiest Buckeyes fans imaginable, but it was it still was. 60 people. Like, they made signs and they showed up. So, like, it's not nothing. Well, what 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 interests me about, and what I want to talk to you, to you about, was they had made placards where it was like, ESPN is fake news. And the original reporting was done 
by, of course, by Brett McMurphy, who is no longer at ESPN. Yeah. He broke this on Facebook because he had been he'd been let go by ESPN and, and had non-compete clause, so he could only do journalism on Facebook yeah. so that he could get a and severance. ESPN had to aggregate his stories, which should be humiliating for them, although I, I sense that, like, they're still somehow talking themselves into this being, like, a win in some, like, fifth dimension that only they can see. Well, yeah, because they can aggregate their own dumped reporters' content for yeah. free and... You know, and not really worry about it and, going. Somewhere. And like weird assholes in Ohio State t-shirts still think it originated with them. So they're like, oh, cool. It's a win. But this is ha- this happens now. This playbook is is replicated over and over and over again. It's happened with Urban, happened with Jim Jordan. It's you're you're caught doing something bad or or at least it sure looks like you did something bad. And essentially, it's all it all goes to shoot the messenger. Right. Yeah. Even when it's ESPN who didn't report it. Right. It's like, like they just were like, well, Patriots fans can blame ESPN for everything. We can too. And it's right. just like, there's just this designated whipping boy and ESPN is the CNN of sports now. So they can just, they just say that ESPN is fake sports. What's weird and about I, that too, it doesn't seem like it has anything to do with whether the story is accurate or not. It's just like, people are mad that they have to know about this because it's like upsetting to know about. And so they just get mad at like the TV channel that's showing them the information instead of like unpacking it even a slight amount further than that. Well, no, but it's always it's always they had an agenda. Ooh, they were they had it in for Urban. Like the Urban Meyer was has done has been on game day. Like they love you, Urban Meyer. Right. They, they they're crazy for Urban. They like ESPN is more than happy when Ohio State wins eleven games a year. They right. have no problem because people that. fucking watch the games. It's not like the idea that that was the thing I saw somebody being like it's like a Michigan conspiracy. Like we have no idea how high up this goes, and it's like like first of all, like leave your home. Like, right. just don't ever, like, y- you've been inside for far too long, like, and you you can't be on that message board anymore. It's turning your brain into just, like, stewed peach. But also, like, think about what you're saying. Like, what is that even, like, how is that even satisfying? The idea, I guess it's just a way of, of avoiding having to think about the fact that this guy that you admire, because he's, like, the most important dude with a headset on the football team that you care about, like, that that guy covered up some shit that he absolutely shouldn't have covered up. But, like, the idea that you then, I don't know, I just don't understand, like, the the total absence of insight on something like that. I get not wanting to think about it. Like, I don't want to think about unpleasant things either. But the idea of then, like, flipping that to make him a victim it just seems like an awful lot of work. Well, what I wanted to know is, do you think, is there any end insight to this? Because I just, it just seems to me like this is spreading. And it's Ah, every time someone gets bad news, it's just you turn around and you say, you just cry out fake news or whatever media outlet happens to be like within like a two foot radius of you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think about this a lot. I would love to believe that there is. I feel like that it's just going to have to be that, you know, there's, there's clearly some people that are not prepared for what like Facebook or like a news feed does to their ability to assimilate information, right? That like some of it is like older people is obviously the cliche, but not all these people are, I mean, everyone at that protest was old, but not everybody that's like obsessed with conspiracies is old. It's just like this sort of thing where like either people are going to develop some basic news literacy because they're tired of being fucking rubes and lied to and believing things that aren't true. Or like you just, we have this like rump faction of our politics where like 25% of people don't believe anything that is true and will never be able to like read a a basic news story and understand it as such. 
or have the capacity to check that stuff off. And then you just like, you let them talk to each other and the rest of us try to, to move things forward. Well, it, on that note, yeah. we should also talk about InfoWars getting suspended oh, on Twitter. Because yeah. I want to read... I didn't even know that was a good segue, but wow, I must be amazing yeah. at podcasting. Yeah, because because the other the other side of this is is not just uh, the recipients of the news refusing to believe it, but it's also, of course, Twitter and Facebook who don't make the news, but essentially are now the domineering aggregators of all that. Yeah, and will let any just bullshit through because they can't they can't have their user base go down because shareholders will punish them. Yeah, this was that was something I was thinking about on the way in today. That so much of this, I mean, the decision of Twitter not to remove. Alex Jones, the decision of Facebook and YouTube to remove, or, you know, we're not remove, but I mean to like cancel their channels. You can still get the content anywhere. I'm allowed to share an Alex Jones video if I want to, although I, I would not do that because he uh, is a disgusting person. Right. Yeah. Who would say anything or do anything to hurt somebody if he thought it would make him $5. Uh, just a sidebar there. But the idea of like all of this seems to be coming from like shareholders or like investors, all this is like kind of like amorphous group of people that is hard to define. We just know that they want more of everything. And yet, like, it seems like a lot of things that suck in our culture and world right now, up to and including our current working conditions here uh, at the place where we work, is driven by how shitty investors are and how bad the things that they want are. Like, right. They never they never actually want things to be better. They just want, like, more of it, but or they're trying to, like, kick it to some other guy. But, like, none of them are, like, satisfied with, like, making a profit on a good product, it seems like. Well, what's, what makes it worse is, and I I just, I, I can't remember if I was talking to you about it, but it was like, uh, Albert at one point was like, look, uh, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, Jack, you know, Jack is like Nazis on the platform because he's, because he's an all right piece of shit. Like, that's basically it. Yeah. And, and I, I still am of the belief that he's just a deluded rich asshole. Yeah. I want to read, I want to read this real quick because... I just want to read part of it because he drones on forever as people on Twitter. Do. No, but it's a re- it's a remarkable uh, document. You're right to read. He that. said we didn't we didn't suspend Alex Jones or Infowars yesterday. We know that's hard for many, but the reason is simple. He hasn't violated our rules. That kills me. Yeah, that fucking kills you because it's like it's not. It wasn't brought down by fucking Moses. Like it's just your stupid yeah. terms. Of, you can change them literally anytime you want. That's what he does. He did that like triumphantly at the end of his little stupid ass thread too where he was like here's our and it's like he shared like whatever their version of like the nfl rule book is like this stupid metastatic constantly changing google doc with all the different rules in it most of which are basically at this point like you can't be rude to a famous guy it's all just lawyerese no one no one ever fucking reads it no one cares but the idea of like using that as being like i mean that's of all the ways to cop out that's easily the smuggest and least convincing to me yeah, so then uh, the money the money part of the tweet storm is accounts like Jones can often sensationalize issues and spread unstantiated rumors. So it's critical journalists document, validate, and refute such information directly so people can form their own opinions. This is what serves the public conversation best. Now, I actually, I believe that he believes yeah. this com- breathtakingly stupid... Well, it's all this, like, abstracted, like whatever, like, tech libertarianism shit where it's just, like, all things being equal, like, bad information will not triumph over good because good information is better, like QED, which is... Oh, a conversation, but, you know, this is all part of the storytelling process and it's, like, they're so they're so pie in the sky that there's just nothing. There's no no substance on the ground. There's no... 
And they're not feeling the impact of any of these, any of this hateful speech. You right. Know? That's the part of it that like, it would almost make more sense to me if he actually were like an alt-right piece of shit, as I think, I don't remember who it was, but somebody in, in Slack, you know, posited that that was the case. Because at least then he would be sincerely acting in his own rancid interests, right? Because this stuff is just like, he believes something that is demonstrably not so, and like believes it clearly like very deeply in his heart and like just every day new evidence arrives that it's not that way and that it's not working and he's just like ah oh, beautiful like someday all of this will be yours you know just like and i don't understand how you can like i mean i do understand you can let yourself get away with that but it's like geez at this point like to be that abstracted about what this shit actually does and what ready to elevate your home picture this central heating a cozy fireplace or your dream walk-in closet build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's home equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. What it looks like. It's like he should, I don't, maybe he should spend more time on Twitter. Like, is that a weird thing to say about the guy that runs the fucking site? I don't know. He should make an honest living selling Bob's discount furniture. Yeah, sell seriously. Me a, sell, me a, sell me a Murphy bed that when it flops down, it turns into a fucking merry-go-round. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I need an end table that has a USB port in it that doesn't connect anything. Please. Yeah, now that's, now that's useful that's for the, the world. That's the news you can use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, no one's, no one's getting hurt by that, except... Nope. Except a small child who gets trapped in the Murphy bed when it springs up because it was made it was made yeah, for eight bucks. Incredibly poorly made. It shouldn't <laughs> it shouldn't be voice activated. That is bad technology. Let's take a break and come right back. Time for the fun bag. We're opening up the fun bag. Yes. Uh, Kevin writes in, I live in Arizona. It's now regularly hitting 100 degrees with 110, 120 degree days mm. becoming the norm any day now, which means it's officially beer by the pool season. What is the What music is best to drink trashy light beer by the pool to? I stand firm believing it is classic era Van Halen because it's what David Lee Roth would have wanted. Yeah, I feel like I should recuse myself from this one. <laughs> like it's it's too close. Uh, I agree with that. I think that like, and I'm not ordinarily like those sorts of like that, you know, sort of vein of classic rock that's designed to be like acceptable anywhere, whether people like it or not, you know, it's just sort of like, oh yeah, I know this song, whatever. Like ordinarily I'm not the the biggest fan of that. You know, you hear it in like a retail setting or something and it feels like you're sort of aggressively being presented with the fact that what you're doing is super anodyne and normal. And I don't always like to feel that way. And yet like, uh, the I mean, some of it is also because of the the Schmitzke ad on Saturday Night Live that like on top I, on top of the world, like, it was so it was so good, and I was so upset when they swapped out the Van Halen track because they lost the rights to it. Yeah, it sucked, but it was it, the the true heads will remember that it was uh, on top of the world by Van Halen, and it was yep. the, the funniest possible combination of uh, I mean, it was just it was perfect beer commercial shit. It was. Yeah. It was great. So was yeah, great. I'm I'm fully on board with Van Halen for that. I think that uh, I also. 
feel like you could get uh like yacht rocky there and enjoy it it's honestly like most of the music that i would i would seldom listen to in my own home or in my you know normal settings where i listen to stuff it is like something like that coming out of like kind of crappy overmatched speakers like really is pretty perfect yeah i would want butt rock or i would want i would want like uh biggie yeah or like so, some sort of like party Austin- rap yeah, it's party rap. Like so like anything ostentatious that you know that includes that you know that came that also had a video of a dude on a yacht in Miami. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, is this or, like are we close to advocating listening to Pitbull outdoors? Like I don't Oh I, yeah, I, I would love Pitbull by a pool. I, I have no I shame. I feel like about that's that. like maybe the last I like it's a bridge too far, the idea of being like, you gotta listen to Pitbull. Like that's in no, violation I, of my personal terms of service. To get no, I'm, I'm, I'm unashamed about being fine with it. Right. I knew my rent was going to be laid about a week ago. <laughs> I worked my ass off. I still can't pay the dough. I love it. But I was I was at a pool and uh, they played classic rock on the loudspeakers and they played they played uh, Little Silver Ring by The Samples, a song and I'd literally not heard it in like 25 years and I was like, oh my God. Like it was very, it was a very like weird moment because yeah. it was instantly sucked me into like Drew nineteen ninety five like pa- fat and pasty. And <laughs> I think it's cool when songs that aren't even that good are contextually elevated to like some sort of incredibly powerful state that they absolutely can't be sustained anywhere else than that. Like the idea that like that song could be like transporting when like ordinarily it's just like nah, who cares? Like, but in that moment, it totally is powerful and. Like I, the thing, the example that I'm thinking of in my head from my own life was one time going to this place, St. Anselm, uh, which is a, a very good steakhouse. It's now so popular that we basically can't get in anymore. They don't take reservations. So you like show up and they're like, we can get you in at 1115. I'm like, nah, man, I'm, I'm old. So I appreciate the offer, but thank you. The, I remember eating there once uh, a very delicious steak and it was like a fucking howling rainstorm outside and like a Pink Floyd song was on the speakers there. Like that was what they were playing in the restaurant. And I was basically, I did leave my body for a brief period of time. And like, I don't even like Pink Floyd. I've never liked Pink Floyd. And yet, like at that moment, I was like, this is it. Like, this is as much sensory like onslaught as I could possibly take. And I'll never be happier. What Pink Floyd song was it? I don't even fucking know. It was like a long, it wasn't like a, it was an album cut. And it was just like, it was actually pretty cool. Like I, if I had thought to Shazam it, I probably would have like downloaded it or something. Cause it was like one of those ones where it's like kind of like a digressive five minute guitar part in the middle of it or like the, you know, the back third of it. That's like, every that's every Pink Floyd. Right, it's like yeah, catchy I, for it's catchy for a minute, and then it's six minutes of like bad jamming. Yeah, but if you like if you if you factor beef and rain into it, then like maybe it actually works. I don't know. I've generally agreed with that assessment, though. The thing about pool too is, if I jump into a pool, I'm automatically ten years old again, right? Like yeah. I'm like like I lie down on the floor of the pool, like whoa, I'm lying on the floor of the pool, or yeah. like I <laughs> or like I push off the edge, and I'm like, look at me, I'm Superman. Yeah, like, like rad pool tricks. Yes. True. No cool guys in a pool. Like you shouldn't be like, I don't, you know, whatever, being like Uli from Big Lebowski and floating around on a on a floaty with like a bottle of Jack near you. I guess that's cool. I don't know. Like every time I've been in a pool, it's always been the same for me too, where it's like attempting a handstand for some reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I go, look at me. I'm doing a somersault. Oh, there's water in my nose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the So I'm spiritually 10 years old. So anything that I liked when I was 10 years old, is what I should be listening. Yeah, we're to. back around to Van Halen now. It's good. It's, it's yeah. it. That's what it's for. That or like like no, but it was like when I heard that sample song, it was all part of like a '90s like mix. And when I was living in the '90s, I fucking hated all the '90s music. I yeah. was like, 
this is shit. Like, I just, I, like, oh, God, I don't want to hear the right time to roll to me. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So anytime I, I jump in the pool or I was at the pool and I heard the 90s thing, I, it was like, it was like college drew all over. Which is like a nice, it's a nice place to visit. Although I personally would not want to live there again. No, it's like nice for like five minutes. And then you're like, okay, let's, let's right. go back to 2018 where everything sucks, but at least I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, here's a Trump question of the week. It's from James. Does Donald Trump listen to any music? Has he ever willingly just put on some music to listen to? Uh, we know he doesn't know the words to Star Spangled Banner, the Star Spangled Banner, or to God Bless America. Does he know the words to any song? Oh, that's a good, I think that the answer is probably yes. And I think it's like, just, it's the songs that he had on like his pre-rally mix, which he would apparently, it was like 10 songs and they would just play on an endless loop while all these like sweaty bigots stood there waiting for him to land and like tell them a story about uh, like how bad Mexicans are or whatever that like, and it was, uh, it was like Rocket Man by Elton John. You can't always get what you want. Can't always get what you want. Like those, all of which, you know, both of which are, are totally fine songs to me. Yep. But uh, I think it would be something in that, in that vein. Although I actually, definitely, Rock, I de actually Rocket Man sucks. I hate Rocket Man. Well, Rocket Man's like, it it's weird. It's, it's like, it, to me, it's like an interesting song because it seems when you unpack it now, it's like, it seems very clearly to be about being closeted and like having some sort of secret, uh, like life in the, the gay demimonde that your family doesn't know about, uh, which is an interesting trope given, you know, and also just not something people write about very much. And also from that time, it's interesting. But, oh, you put me in my place. Cause I was like, Mars ain't a place to raise your kids. It's cold as hell. I was like, that's fucking stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I took the whole song literally. Like, well, yeah, which, whoa, whoa, it may be that, oh, I also might've overdone it too. There's a, um, there's a, my morning jacket cover of it that I like a lot. Uh, oh, which I is, like my morning jacket. Which is kind of like like mournful and quiet and my morning jackety. But yeah, like I that said, like I don't think that Trump knows the words to that. Like I don't think he knows the words to uh, "You can't always get what you want." I think he probably likes the children's chorus part in it, which is fair because that part whips. But I don't know like what uh, he actually like. I don't think he pays that much attention to anything. Only time I've liked a children's chorus in a song is in that song. Yeah, like, it's a rare one. Like another brick in the wall, I think is just poison and like the living years, you know, like I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's, well, such, it's such musical a, pandering. Yeah. It's, like, it's really a cheesy move. Uh, uh, the other, I, I, I think you're right. I think he likes those songs. I think he knows the chorus to those songs. And then, and that's very, that's like, that's, that's kind of a standard dad thing like if you if you when you go to the concert and you're sort of mumbling through the verse. Yeah, and, yep. Yep. And the chorus comes out, you go, you can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the only one I would think, I don't know that he's ever just put on headphones and like relaxed. Yeah. Like listening to like my way, you know, like as much as he likes that. Like he, yeah. I don't, I don't I think don't pleasure is like a big part of his life. Like, I think that he's one of those guys that just like when he's not like watching television, he just would fucking stare at the wall. Like he doesn't read. He doesn't want to like know things. He doesn't really like talking to people very much. And I definitely can't imagine him just being like, I feel like listening to X. Like, because he never feels like listening to anything. Like, he would listen to... There was that story last week about how he, like, fucking breaks down game tape, like John Gruden of his old rallies. That that's, like, his his thing, his, like, actual in-real-life guerrilla channel. is him watching, like, him give, himself giving a speech from 2016 and being like, see what I did here? Boom. Watch me set it up. Like, 
That's, but he's not, that's he's not he's breaking into. it down. He's just watching it for pleasure. Yeah, yes. That's like, true. it's not work. He's not like, boy, I could have done that better. He's right, right. He never, he's never said that. Nope. <laughs> that's not, it's not in the, on the menu. But yeah, that does seem like that's the closest that he would come to doing anything for pleasure is like watching himself on television. Yeah, it's like that old Larry Sanders episode where he's like dating Sharon Stone. He can't get it up unless the show is on TV. <laughs> His own show is on TV in the background and then he can do it. Yep. Uh, this show is produced by Daria Moore. Our executive director of audio is Mandana Mafidi. We featured music by Corbin Hayes. The episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. If you have a question you want to send us, send a voice note or email to deadcast.deadspin.com or tweet us using the hashtag deadcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Panoply, NPR One, wherever else you get your podcasts. And as always, your team sucks. And as always, Rolf, it was a pleasure to be back. Yeah, man, right on. We'll see you guys next week. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.